From Reese Howell, we've got Cup of Tea for a Killer. Ooh, interesting. Now, she's one of those East London gangs. Okay, cup of tea? Cup of tea killer? Maybe. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely, definitely London. Yeah. I want to add in a gang that no one can touch, right? Classic, classic gangster stuff, right? The Guy Rich Tees. The Guy Rich Tees. Yeah, sure, I like it. Yeah. Um, and what I want to do is something a bit like anger management, right? Okay. So, <laughs> the Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, the Adam Sandler movie, where essentially, <laughs> where essentially... I've seen that film for decades. You've got, you've got like, in this, in this film, in The Cup of Tea for a Killer, you have someone interviewing one of the most violent criminals in the world in a a kind of Bronson way yes right yeah yeah. completely untouchable everyone terrified of them but they're being really calm and studied and sort of like they just have that threatening aura yeah yeah right who's got a threatening aura who does have a threatening aura and like who's sort of British British with a threatening aura let's think Hmm. Oh, you know what? Um, I immediately went to Jim Broadbent. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Jim Broadbent can be really scary. Yeah. In a really subtle way. Right? Okay. So the idea that he's been doing this for so long, that he's the age Jim Broadbent is, without having gone to gone to prison more than once. Right. Like... So he's like he's very much a kind of old Charles Bronson situation, okay. right? Because I was thinking Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, that but that gives him a sort of like Daniel Radcliffe is so young yeah. that he could just be like he's re- he's like thirty two something like that now, isn't he? Yeah, 30, yeah. 31. But he's I mean, like yeah, he I guess he's old enough to have had a career in crime, but he didn't <laughs> look like he could have had a career in crime. That's the thing. Um, like, he's he's done things. But like, you will have no idea to look at him. But what I'm saying is that we want someone who you that you do think he's done things to look at him. Uh, you know, like he, he's scary, but he's sat in a tea room. Yeah. Okay. Right? Like I want someone who is. I guess. I guess Tom Hardy's taken. Right. Yeah, he's taken <laughs> by literally Bronson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what's weird? Nicholas Winning Ruffin did that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, weird. It always sort of weirds me out. That's sort of one of his <laughs> I was like that's I mean yeah I guess like, mm. it looks it looks like one of his movies yeah it's just a very strange subject matter <laughs> for what he usually does yeah which is weird shit in Los Angeles weird whimsical yeah but, uh, very Hollywood things yeah um, but yeah so I, I think we have someone who is scary who is uh, like is seen looks like he's done some shit yeah but I guess is uh... calmly Taking sips of of uh, of tea and being interviewed by Maggie Smith, yeah, in a very kind of like <laughs> it's just sounds of the lambs, <laughs> but old people. But like I, sounds <laughs> of the lambs, but just everyone in its old. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. and he's describing. We flash back to very violent crimes Daniel Radcliffe yeah so flashback to when he's young yeah. Daniel Radcliffe I love it and Daniel Radcliffe is going around tearing up London he's a murderer he's doing these terrible things and Jim Broadbent's just laying it out because he doesn't care mm. right he's too old to go down yeah right for very long mm. like 
just doesn't give a shit. I want to do something where like he describes um, uh, he describes all these crimes he's done, mm-hmm. and I think the point the point of this film is that Maggie Smith wants to be a copycat. Okay. Like once to, <laughs> once <laughs> at this point in her life, like just like I, I really want to turn to crime. We have this kind of like the, this theme of like. Jim Broadbent is too old to go yeah. down. He thinks he's at the end of his career. Yeah. And Maggie Smith is like, I'm at the start of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you're never too old. <laughs> you're never t- <laughs> That's the tagline of the movie. Yeah, you're never too old. <laughs> Cup of tea with a killer. <laughs> you're never too old. So yeah, I think just sort of flashbacks to to that kind of East East End gang. Uh, gang culture, yeah. Films, films like Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels, mm. Snatch, and I mean that they're, they're more crime capers, really. But yeah. they've got elements of like dark, yeah. uh, dark underbellies and and stuff. And yeah. then, then you've got like um, what is it? Uh, your your Cray Twins, yes, and yeah. stuff like that. Or it's just sort of like just horrible vi- pub violence, yes. Yeah. Pub violence is where it's at. Yeah, just absolutely uh, wreaking havoc. Yeah. You know, standing in the middle of roads and just, like, executing people from rival gangs while buses, like, swerve off the road yeah. to get away from them sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, it's like it's like the worst parts of EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. Um, and um, and I think, like, at the end, we dirty see... Den. <laughs> EastEnders. We see, we see Daniel Radcliffe basically, like, throw Ray Winston off a, off a bridge... <laughs> Yeah, off the London Bridge, off the top of the London yeah. Bridge. Yeah, yeah, Tower Bridge. Yeah, uh, and um, uh, I think um, like at the end in this scene, mm. um, uh, there's Jim Broadbent saying like, "So, so who are you then? Are you what? Are you with Sky? Are you with the News of the World? Are you what? Are you with a Ros? Are you going to try and send me down?" He's like really cocky about it, and she's like, "No, no, I'm." And then two people, uh, people enter like two like suited men uh, with like shotguns enter, and they're like, uh, "Mom, you've got a uh, the deal with the Russians is on." <laughs> and she's like, "I better go then. <laughs> I've got to kill some Ruskies." <laughs> It's just like Rusky's on the menu today as she loads a, a farmer's a, a, like a bent a, a kind of a, like a hunting co- rifle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Puts on like a fucking deer stalking hat, and she says, "You're never too old." <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> She's not like that. Isn't gangster? That is just maniacal people hunting yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's even worse than Jim Broadbent's character <laughs> I mean and then Jim Broadbent at the end is is seen to be in this world just a normal person <laughs> <laughs> everyone does everyone's, it everyone's everyone does bad yeah Maggie Smith is worse <laughs> poor pure innocent Maggie Smith turns out to be an absolute monster <laughs> I just like the idea she's very much she's asking questions very much like um, Granny from uh, like Sylvester and Tweedy you know that sort mm. of like um, she's very <laughs> sweet demure oh would you like more tea uh, yeah. like <laughs> I honestly thought you were about to say Silence of the Lambs and then I was like like uh, Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs and I was like 
Wait, hang on. She's not like... Uh... No, she's not nice and demure. <laughs> she's not like the old lady from Looney Tunes. No, <laughs> no. Um, she's just asking questions like that. Like, she's she's really sweet. You know, she's offering more biscuits and she's she's saying, you know, she's she's um, kind of... We only... I think we start the film and we're only getting, like, quick questions, like she's an interviewer. Yeah. And then as we go along, we get more clues as to the fact that she's, like more of a she's more of a character in this story yeah. right um, uh, how did you get away with it <laughs> yeah exactly how could you possibly have got away with that yeah and then uh, just that that ending yeah <laughs> it might be one of my favourite endings I've ever pitched Maggie Smith people hunter <laughs> loading a, loading a um, <laughs> what do they call it a broken like where you break it oh. to, 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 to load it just a just a yeah, I know the one you mean. I yeah. can't remember the name of the gun, but it's yeah. just sort of like a hunting. She's got it over her arm, yeah. and she's got to double barrels, like, and like she's just feeding these pellets in. Classic, like sort of pheasant hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, they just stood out in a field in, in the Cotswolds <laughs> somewhere she while just, these. They, they, she steps out of the front of a of a, um, of a cottage uh, out in the out in the Highlands. I like it when we strip their clothes off and <laughs> just let them run out and in the field. Just let them go. Yeah, let them go. <laughs> See where they go. They they first try to go to the nearest village. You know where civilization is, and just so see if they can get away. <laughs> But that's when I catch them. You see, I've got my best dogs out there. I don't know why this is Irish. I've got my best dogs hidden, hidden behind the bushes, ready to catch them. And if they don't take that route, then uh, the Highlands will take them. <laughs> the cold will. <laughs> the midges will get them. The midges are the coos. He's just out in this lock somewhere, in this fucking glen. Uh, yeah. In the middle of Scotland. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Right, well, load up the load up the guns, boys, and we'll head down to London soon. Yeah. This one's uh this one's a feisty one. We're gonna have to get the chopper out <laughs> to find this one. We're good we're going to start a coup. <laughs> a car? No. A coup d'etat. <laughs> We're taking over England. <laughs> Go on, Queenie, run! <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of want to see just a film about her now. Yeah. What what her life's like? <laughs> Hunting people for sport. <laughs> Hunting royalty for sport. Um, I mean, maybe we've got the first half of a film there. Yeah. You know, maybe we've got like because like Science of the Land is like Hannibal Lecter plays a part in that yeah but his story is only a small it's, contained it's bit tiny, and then yeah. and then uh, you know like buffalo bill is like the main part yeah um, hannibal lecter hardly in that movie yeah yeah exactly Whereas, so i don't know maybe we maybe we paint that picture and that's the heart of the first half of the movie yeah i guess yeah and then you make it up <laughs> the beauty of podcast the beauty of pitching yeah the beauty is of the, pitching whoever ideas. puts the money in is going to be able to dictate what happens at the end yeah and then and then Maggie Smith turns with a gun to the, to the camera and just goes tell your friends what you saw here today <laughs> I quite like that, that I, I in my script writing I don't do enough of that <laughs> I don't do enough of this absolute bullshit <laughs> Like at the end of the cinema, at the end of the film, someone pointing at the camera and just going, "Leave the screen and tell your friends what you saw." Here. Like almost threatening. Yeah, yeah. Tell your friends what you saw here today. <laughs> it's um, what, what do they call it? Like, uh, what do they call it in The Simpsons? It's um, uh, 
super liminal mark, uh, messaging. Yeah. <laughs> just, just <laughs> you should do this. Hey, you, join the Navy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell your friends what you saw here today. <laughs> Let, let me let me tell you something about gangster movies. <laughs> um, what I have noticed, you know, a lot of, lot of men in them. A lot of men in gangster movies. You're yeah. right. A lot of men in them. You're right. A, a gangster. The gangster. Give me one female-led gangster movie. Birds of Prey. It's not a gangster movie. Got gangsters in it. It's a, it's a it's a crime caper. Crime caper, yeah. It's, it's it's a. I guess I guess you could call it a gangster movie. It's got yeah. a lot. Of, like, do you know what? It's got a lot of like, overlap with heist movies that we did it uh, did last week. But yeah. I think the thing is with gangster movies mm. is not about the crime that they're committing. It's mm. not about pulling off the job. It's about um, the seat of power. Mm. You know, it is about crime is always about power, mm. and that's always linked into ego. And yeah. the and and like that's why Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome is kind of a gangster movie. <laughs> yeah, and then he just goes and finds other kids, and then he finds some kids. Yeah, which is, um, is definitely not a gangster movie. Mad Max though, yeah. Mad Max Road Warrior, yeah. and and Mad Max Road Warrior. Um, uh, wait, are they the same one? Mad Max Road Warrior and Mad Max Road Warrior. Mad Max. Fury Road. Full stop. Road Warrior. The Road Warrior. The Road Warrior. That's Mad Max 2. That's Mad Max 2. Mad Max so. 1. 3 Beyond Mad the Max. Thunderdome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, for some reason, I always go, I always think that 3 is the Thunderdome, that 2 is the Thunderdome, and 3 is Beyond the Thunderdome. <laughs> to be, <laughs> to be fair, yeah. like, Mad Max 1 is ve- it's a very different movie. It is, but it's definitely gangster. Yeah, it's definitely a gangster movie. Like, he's a cop, but yeah. it's all about gangs and do you know what I've been thinking like gangster gangster movies like my most recent influence to gangster movies has been listening to Sonic the Comic the Podcast <laughs> and them doing a bit on on Streets of Rage yeah that's yeah. a genuinely good gangster narrative mm. um, in which like there is a there's a bit of the Warriors vibe of like different themed gangs and stuff but mainly it is kind of like shit we gotta get across town and there are mobs of people and like we need to go and talk to this guy John Wick is a great gangster movie yeah yeah I, I get that um, yeah definitely loads of different gangs in that I guess yeah well not not only that but I think um, yeah like they're, they're in positions of power but they're also John Wick has a very strong status quo which is exactly what you need for a gangster movie mm. first thing you have to do with a gangster movie is set up the idea that the police can't do anything against X yeah right so there are different set of rules for these people because the police have to be able to be wielded as a an, an oppressive force, they, but not against the, the the victors. They have to live in their own bubble. Yes, I think um, City of God mm-hmm. actually, because I watched that a few months ago. Yeah, might be one of my favourite films of all time. Yeah, it's that good. Um, it's uh, it's its own like I think someone coined the term open world film. Mm. Um, because there's, it's, it creates a world in itself. It keeps it, the, the whole film keeps to its own, um, like language. Yeah. And and even that sort of chops and changes as the film goes on. Like yeah. there's flashback and um, and just like very very heavily edited scenes. Like there's there's a bit that just describes 
the story of this apartment. Mm. Like it's it follows one sort of person's story as they as they sort of live in the favelas in in Rio. Yeah. But for for one like a few scenes, it would just cut away to like this whole person's narrative. Mm. Um, and then why they're in that position they're in now, and I love this whole scene where um, they go, where he's going to get drugs to to impress this girl, yeah. and they go to this apartment, and that's when this big gangster comes in to like take up the place, and then before like it cuts back because uh, you definitely get the sound of this banging on the door, and cuts back and he's going like maybe I should tell you the story about this apartment and then just goes through like the decades of this uh, apartment being owned by all these different gangsters like it started off with this woman who was dealing drugs on the side that's, to that's... pay for tuition and then and then it got taken over by her like um, her lover and then like he sold it to this person yeah. sold it to this person and at the end of that it just goes bang 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 but like from the it's all one shot mm. Like looking into this apartment, and then it just cuts to cuts to that scene. Like, oh shit! Like I recognise that that noise. Mm. Um, and it's really, really well done. That's I've got kind of a very novelistic uh, technique. That mm. like uh, that's something you'd expect to see in a novel or a gra- like a, a literature or a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, in which oh, yeah. like they they are comfortable cutting away, talking about the environment, the people who are inhabiting, and then cutting back to the narrative. Mm. Um, film doesn't do it a lot. Yeah, and the film is full of them. Mm. Like it's full of stuff like that that really, really like gets to gets to how this whole system operates yeah. like the more I think about it it's just such an amazing movie yeah um, again another one like I think uh, Goodfellas also does that because Goodfellas is a very very similar movie mm. it follows the, the rise of these gangsters over the course of a few decades and it's again like City of God it's based on a true story and it yeah. uses a lot of flashback a lot of like um, uh, sort of quite new at the time film techniques to sort of tell the story really bring you into this world mm. um, so you get what's going on and, and what everything's sort of, everything has weight to it it's um, again with, with Goodfellas it is one of those, those classic gangster movies where yeah. uh, it, it, like rags to riches to rags again pretty much it's, yeah. uh, I think you look at you look at like you can take inspirations for gangster movies from the things that parody them right like mm. Grand Theft Auto yeah um, you can look at that and, and see in it hundreds of gangster movies that mm. I've only seen the trailer for yeah or seen references to yeah. In, yeah. in other Grand Theft Autos or, or the yeah. or the Simpsons yeah, yeah. Um, like you know I've, I like it's not like gangster movies aren't pervasive have you seen um, did you see The Irishman I watched half an hour of The Irishman and I couldn't watch anymore. It's a lot of old men just talking, isn't it? Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might be good to some people. I I was just like, this is too much. Yep. Um, but like, I think I think a huge part of um, gangster movies for me mm. is the groundedness of them, mm. juxtaposed with the um, the power of ego, the power of shamelessness. Yeah. Um, like the 
this is how the world works and it works just like your world mm. imagine you sat in your, your chair watching this film imagine the police at the door that's how you will feel that's how everyone in the world feels when the police are at their door except for these people yes except for Joey Two Fingers who like doesn't give a shit yeah. he will like dr- he will kidnap a cop and dress him as a rabbit and then send his dogs after him yeah. Joey Two Fingers doesn't give a a flying yeah, fuck yeah. about the he rules. He probably knows the police. Exactly. Like the by police, name. The police are a known quantity to, to him. Yeah. He's a known quantity to them and they can't do anything. And that subversion via the power of ego, I think what is what mm. really powers uh, gangster movies. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we, we at one point watched Leon the Professional. Gary Oldman mm. in that is the archetypal gangster who plays by no one's rules but his own yeah um and and he can get away with doing his mozart bullshit because he um <laughs> I forgot about that i forget i forget that a whole bit <laughs> it's the only starts fucking dancing to mozart um it's the most engaging part of the film yeah um uh and Agreed. you know all of his like just he takes a pill goes <laughs> Like leans back <laughs> 180 <laughs> degrees, like, <laughs> like bends himself like backwards in half. Breaks. He hairpins <laughs> and and goes like and he's he's sort of like he clearly is showing a, a billion different things that anyone in a normal situation around him, mm. the people, even his compatriots, should flag him up for. Yeah, I, I guess that's what gangster movies show the best is like almost unlimited power like like you said like a Grand Theft Auto like yeah. you can go around doing anything you want yeah. in that movie not having to face any consequences mm-hmm. lack of consequences means ultimate power it means ultimate power but it's not I don't think they are fantasy films I don't think they're no. power fantasy films I think they are co- you the best ones I would say probably the ones that I resonate with I don't know anything, anything about good or bad in this mm. context but like um the ones I resonate with are the cautionary tales, right? They're the they're the kind of um, Breaking Bad does it a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Breaking Bad is very much that he he does build like a crime empire. Yeah, uh, goes from nothing to to this like king. Goes from rags to riches to yeah, dead. Yeah, but <laughs> but like I think he is dead actually. I think he just gets put in jail. Does he? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the cancer came back, but I I, I, uh, I haven't watched past season two, so I don't really? know. Really? Yeah. All right. Um, it gets real good. Yeah, but it's got that thing that I can't do, which <laughs> is you might get caught, and I still care about him. So like, mm. there's a, there's a, there's the bit where, and it's not a you might get caught as in cops caught, because yeah. actually that's not the worst thing that can happen in that universe. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen in that universe is his wife finds out about it, and like. I imagine she does because there's 800 seasons but it, it gets yeah but like the worst the point being <laughs> people that, listening to this just like watch it please <laughs> no but watch the point it. the point being is that the tension I felt at the end of the second season the, the, the will he go to the birth of his daughter or will he go yeah. to go to meet with Gus Fr- like obviously yeah he's gonna go down the bad path yeah but the anxiety that that caused yeah. stopped me from watching season three. Oh. <laughs> but um, point being that, like, that, um, that is a cautionary tale. Yeah. All the ones that resonate, that actually affect me, that actually, like, that feel like that. Um, uh, Scarface is a good example. Mm-hmm. Wrongly used for so many years as a 
mas- uh, like a masculine and macho mm. uh, point of contention in what is a film that is a, 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 a cautionary tale. Yeah. Like, um, say hello to my little friend. Same like... with Fight Club. That's yeah. a gangster movie in many that, ways. That's the film I'm thinking of. I would just like, there's a film I know <laughs> which people completely misinterpreted as a power fantasy yeah. that, that is definitely not that. And yeah. I can't remember which one it is. You just mentioned Fight Club and I'm like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's it. It's like, that's very much a gangster movie. It's, it, it, there, there is the potential for people to misinterpret and to, to think of uh, Tyler Durden's position mm. over people yeah people around them uh, people around him as as, as as something that you want mm. when really it is like you look at the the, the chaos and carnage and, and um an injury that that causes yeah. everyone around him and it is and it's and it's ruinous yeah um and i think like you know i think i, I think the film fight club could have done more to uh-huh. personalise the people around Tyler Durden <laughs> so that as viewers we go oh shit there are people in that building that's just gone down oh yeah um like nah <laughs> but nah nah no it does it does a lot of it does a lot the thing is it does a lot of work of depersonalising you know what Tyler Durden's really cool <laughs> what a cool guy what a cool guy I as a man want to be like Tyler Durden <laughs> I'm gonna get my best buddies and we're just gonna punch the crap out of each other. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Because um, you know what, Matt? What? We're ignored by society. We are ignored as men. We yeah. don't we don't get seen as men, do we? <laughs> um, we never get seen. <laughs> we never get seen. No. Uh, well, not by not unless you wake up early and get on the bloody waiting list anyway. Oh, yeah. Can't bloody get seen, can you? Yeah. By a doctor. <laughs> Yeah. state of GPs in this country <laughs> I was just like I'm going to go with this one Matt I'm going to go with this see where, see where you're headed I'm just going to I trust you to land this joke that you're that you're building up state of GPs in this country I want to make a point about the about the underfunding of the NHS little did I know the fuel was leaking <laughs> you were you were frantically lighting matches <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, to a grand explosion. Um, there's, there's no runway in sight. A it's, grand it's, explosion it's, of comedy. It's, it's just, it's just <laughs> concrete filled with TNT. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to get us to the floor one way or another. <laughs> Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere. Really, maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone and maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye.